Welcome back to Throne Hands. It's me. It's Toby. Toby, I think this was a great card up and down. The Jacksonville crowd didn't disappoint like last time in the when they didn't even cheer for Volkanovsky when he walked out, which I thought was ridiculous. But anyway, um, this was awesome. I had a fun time watching this. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good card top to bottom. And of course, the main event and the co-main event, too, were pretty incredible. So indeed. So we're we're going, to, we're going to go over quite a few fights, but stick around because Topuria is obviously going to be the main topic of conversation here. But, um, all right. Let me just, I'm just getting some stuff just situated. Boom. All right. Let's do this. So, all right. So, this one, of the, I didn't watch this fight. I think Cody Brunnage versus Sadiq Dumas, Cedric Dumas, but I think that was a, I didn't even decide this. I was at the gym, but I think I made the right decision to go to the gym. Yeah, man, Cody Brundage, he did not show up for this fight. That was not Cody Brundage in there. I don't know who was in there, but he did not want to be there. It was frankly kind of pathetic just to watch that type of performance out of the guy. I thought he was going to retire after that. Like his face just looked like he was done, man. It was it was weird. Yeah, interesting stuff. Um, Jamal Emmers versus Jack Jenkins. This was a good fight. Um. My thing with this was you could argue Jenkins won the first two, I think. Um, and then the round three was definitely Randy Brown, I thought, especially with the takedown. But it was a close fight. I don't get why people are saying robbery personally. I don't know. What do you think, Toby? Uh, I, I did think Emmers won that fight. I wouldn't call it a robbery. You know, there have been some fights like Diego Sanchez and um, oh, who's that guy that he fought way back in the day? It was a terrible decision um, in Albuquerque. But, yeah, I don't think this was a robbery. It was a close fight. You know, you could, like you said, make an argument for Jack Jenkins winning two of the rounds. Personally, I did think Jamal Emmers did enough to win that fight, though. I did, too. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, solid fight, though. This wasn't a fight, Trevor Peak versus uh, Chepe Mariscal. This was a, a bar brawl um, that uh, Chepe got the best out of best at a peak on that one. He, he, he came out on top. I, f- I felt like Mariscal was trying to fight like cleanly, but peak doesn't fight cleanly. And you, and peak definitely dictated the style of this fight, I'd say, but Chepe adapted. And I think he clearly won this fight. Yeah, for sure. I think it was uh Dominic Cruz, maybe DC. Someone mentioned that he's been sparring with Justin Gaethje a lot. So I think that really helped him just being able to stay composed under pressure like that. Oh Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you've got a brawler like Gaethje, who is still very technical, it forces you to have really good defense in the pocket and just be a technical brawler. I think that's what they introduced him as, was a technical brawler. So I thought it was a really good performance by Chepe here. Yeah, he looked great. I think he's. I think he usually fights at 45, too. So, I mean, yeah. shoot. Um, he, Dude, he, can, he can fight, man. Chepe Tre- can't. Trevor Peak, that was... It looked, there were so it many times... Bad. Yeah, th- there were so many times where it looked like he almost 
he was like, oh man, do I have to do this again? And then he would just charge in with like a bunch of reckless overhands and get caught and chinned multiple times. And he'd just be like, oh, come on. But yeah, I mean, he got caught a lot in this fight. So I don't really know, dude. He he has to change something up because he this this uh, style of fighting is not sustainable for someone's uh, livelihood. So I, I don't. No. I think he might have to change the things. No, you All can't. Right. You can't just bank on getting fight of the night bonuses every time. No, absolutely not. Because that didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll talk about we'll talk about that fight of the night thing. I think that's a decent discussion at the end of this, but. Joshua Van, the dude's twenty-one. He's younger than I am, and he, he's he's your age, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's he looked fantastic against Zalgus. That that was a very impressive performance from Joshua Van. Like we were talking about in the preview for this card, Zalgus he's pretty good. I mean, he's faced a lot of high-level competition, and he's not like an aggressive finisher or anything, but he's a very skilled fighter. And I thought Joshua Van put on a fantastic performance in this one. I wouldn't be surprised if the weight cut got to Zogus. Like he had to cut, cut cut weight twice in what three weeks, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so that's not optimal. But this was not a split decision. Let's be honest here. I, I thought Van won that pretty handily. There was I didn't see. I could see one round for Zogus, maybe the first. Yeah. But other than that, Joshua Van, I thought he won handily. And yes, the strikes were close to the third, but Van was landing the more sig- the, the significant stuff. So I think the sky's the limit for Joshua Van, honestly, man. I I mean he's 21. Look what he did to I mean Zogus is like 34, something like that. He he beat up a grown man. Yeah, I, I think he's a really uh fantastic injection of new talent into the flyweight division. And I think flyweight is slowly becoming a really, really good division. You know, for a long time the UFC has kind of been pushing it to the side, and understandably so, because you look at some of the pay-per-view numbers for Demetrius Johnson fights, they're not great, but I think flyweight's always been a really entertaining to me. And I think, you know, it's just good to get some recognition and get new guys in there like this. Yeah. And, you know, Figueredo had missed weight again and won the fight. The, the division probably would have been cut. So, yeah. Yeah. and honestly, some, someone like Steve Ursag coming in and being David Dvorak too, huge for the division, I think. Great. Yeah. Um, great, great. Sky's limit for Joshua Van, guys. D- keep an eye on him. Yeah. All right, Tabitha Ricci versus Jillian Robertson. Kind of what I expected. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, Tabitha Ricci looked really good, and she managed to keep uh, Jillian Robertson from getting any offense going on the feet or on the ground. Ricci's talented, man. I think I think she can definitely make some headway in that division. Um, what, do you, what were your thoughts on this one, man? Yeah, Ricci looks really good. I think, like, the whole time Dean Thomas in uh, Jillian Robertson's corner was like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? You know, it was not a great performance from Jillian Robertson. But then again, I mean, she's never really been a striker or anything. So it's not surprising that she was getting beat up on the feet like that. And she kind of just has to go for these Hail Mary submission attempts. And with someone like Tabitha Regan, we talked about this before, you know, it's just not – it can work on some people, but someone with good takedown defense and someone – who also has good submissions, another high-level uh, black belt, I believe. I think she's a black belt. Yeah, she but, has black belts in judo and jiu-jitsu. Yeah, like, I mean, you just you can't bank on only being good at jiu-jitsu against someone like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Richie has I, – I don't know. I, I zone out for a second, but Richie has black belts in jiu-jitsu and judo. So it's like 
Yeah, she's good everywhere, man. I, I let's take a look at the rankings real quick. I think they need to set her up with somebody pretty high up. Yeah, what is that? Uh, four four wins in a row now. Four. I believe so. Uh, let's take a look. And Strawweight, that's impressive. Strawweight's easily the best. Strawweight's uh, dense. Yeah, she beat Jessica Penne. She beat Pollyanna Viana, and she beat oh. uh, Maria Oliveira. And she lost to Manon Fioto in her no. debut going no up shame in class. that. No shame, no shame in, in that. that. So, um, so uh, it's just if Hebus wants to come back down, I don't see why not. Yeah, I would like that fight. That's a good step up, and and Andrade is fighting uh, Tisha Torres, I think. So, oh really? No, Tatiana Suarez. Tatiana Suarez. Oh yeah, dude, Tisha yeah. Torres, man, she's a fun fighter to watch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Tiny Tornado. Yeah, I think Tisha Torres is pregnant. Oh really? Yeah, she and uh, Raquel dude. Pennington are having a kid. One of my favorite fights is um, Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres because Mackenzie the. Dude, she jumps, like, she pushes off the wall, jumps midair, and locks onto a Kimura midair. I was like, I've never seen that before. It was super Did, awesome Didn't Dern win that. that one? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Torres won that. That was a close fight. It was it was close. I just love that sequence where she just jumps like a flying Kimura. It's like, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Shout out Tabitha Ricci, man. Somebody keep an eye on in that division. Yeah, Okay. Matash Rebecki, dude, this dude was just blasting leg kicks <laughs> Yeah, and he got man. him out of there uh, halfway through the second round. Those leg kicks looked brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's also crazy. Um, This was a lightweight fight. I mean, these guys look like they're they huge. jacked. They're ginormous. Um, They're also not super fast or explosive like lightweights typically are. It looked more like a middleweight fight or something. But that's what I thought. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are two yoke dudes. But. I think Rebecca can actually make some uh, headway in this division. I mean, he punches he punches hard too. He put uh, Radzabov on his butt. I, I mean, his his leg was compromised, but he he made it he made it look painful to fight. He's certainly, he's a powerful guy for sure, and he's got like surprisingly good cardio um, for how big he is and how hard he throws. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, like. I think he may have gassed a little bit in like his debut, but he still fought through it. Like he was still pressuring or maybe a second fight, but he was still pressuring forward and throwing shots. So yeah, he did great stuff. Um, this is not a great fight. Yes. Wellington Terman had, uh, more, uh, total strikes, but I feel that, uh, Randy Brown got the job done and Wellington Terman always has a tough time against these tall, lanky dudes. And that's the reason he came down from middleweight. But then yeah. he fought the lankiest dude in the division outside of Kevin Holland, maybe. So, it, I don't it, know. Was, it, it was a rough stylistic matchup for Terman. It was a tough matchup. And like you said, it was a bit of an underwhelming fight. I was really expecting a lot more out of this one. Randy Brown, Wellington Terman seemed like it, it was a good matchup on paper. I thought it was going to be a barn burner. It Agreed. didn't quite deliver. And I wasn't overly impressed with uh, either one of the, the guys. I mean, no. it was, you know, they looked all right. But yeah. It was all right. There's not much to say there. Not much to say in this one. This was boring. I mean, it's Neil Magny, man. Yeah. I I thought Philly Rowe, I thought he was going to really bring it and try to put the pressure on, um, you know, go after Magny's body and go after his legs and, you know, really try to get him out of there. But, you know, just kind of a 
boring fight. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing much and the thing is, the thing is, if you pressure Neil Magny like Max Griffin did in this fight, it's a barn burner. But yeah. it just, and Philly Rowe had all the tools to do it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. This was a golden opportunity for Philly Rowe, honestly, man. Because I think, he, I think he blew it a little bit. Yeah, he blew it. It was the number 11 guy, man. Yeah. All right. Main card. Main card. Brendan Allen, man. This dude's legit. I mean, first round submission against Bruno Silva. Uh, now, Bruno Silva doesn't have great defense. However, dude, he looked great. Yeah. He looked fantastic. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. You know, even when Silva was like pressuring forward, he looked pretty good. You know, he was throwing big strikes and Brendan Allen just stayed composed in the pocket there. He wasn't phased by the big shots that were coming his way. He landed some nice counters. He stunned Bruno Silva a couple of times on the feet. And that's what set up the finish ultimately. And when he got him down, I mean, it was a wrap. You know, we talked about this. When Brendan Allen gets you down, especially when he takes your back, like that's mm-hmm. that's it, man. A lot of times, like you're not getting out of that. Yeah, Brendan Allen's one of the last dudes you want to have on your back in in all in the whole sport, honestly. Um yeah. but let's take a look what's next for Brendan Allen to be. I think I who called him out? Roman Delize called him out. That's a great fight. But uh, or man, uh, his, Brendan Allen's like, no, I'm looking top five, and you declined me earlier. And then Delize was like, well, uh, I accepted at another point in time, but I got COVID, so I couldn't do it. Yeah. So I, I think that's the fight to make. That'd be, dude, the grappling on the ground in that fight would be awesome. I think the Delize fight actually makes the most sense out of anybody right now. I think Delice is the perfect matchup for him. It's like a reasonable step up in competition. Um, you know, and like, yeah, it's going to be a great grappling match. What was he uh, against Hermanson where Delice had that? What? It wasn't it's a, like calf a calf slicer, slicer pin. It a, yeah, it was really incredible. So, yeah, I, I would really uh, love to see that matchup. Yeah. So, or just feed him to a feed Derek Brunson to him. And we'll, yeah. I, I, that, I'd be down for that fight. Yeah, I think at this point, after you know the Cannoneer finish, uh, oh man, I think Brunson would probably get destroyed in that fight. Unfortunately, I like Brunson too. He had yeah. a fun little run there, but mm-hmm. I mean, middleweights, middleweights popping right now, man. Cannoneer and Vittori just fought. Whitaker's gonna fight. Drakus, Robert, please do something. Yeah. Um, Alex Pereira's moving up. Uh, Sean Strickland's fighting a boost this weekend. Uh, yeah. Well, top seven's pretty uh occupied right now. And Paulo Costa's fighting um Aliskirov. So yeah. interesting stuff. You know, speaking of that Strickland uh, main event, I was actually when I was looking at Abus's record, I didn't realize that he only had one fight in the UFC. Yep. Just in France last year. Yeah, just the fight against Stolzfus. I thought he had more for some reason. I mean, he's had some pretty high level experience. He had a lot of fights in PFL. I know he beat um Sadabu Sai or C in uh, PFL. So, you know, clearly he's a very talented fighter, but yeah. man, just one he, fight he, in and getting the number seven guy in the main event. I think, I honestly think they're just trying to get some guys who want to wrestle in the, in the, in the, in the middleweights, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. And, and the, there's no Dagestani talent in this, uh, or any talent from that part of the world. Yeah. So, you know, well, you know, they're marketable. I don't blame them for trying to do that. And Sean Strickland will fight anybody. So they, yeah, the, the for sure. perfect guy. Yeah. To get to give, 
But that, that's why I actually think Brennan Allen is a really interesting matchup for a lot of these top guys because so many of them are mainly strikers and he presents a lot of danger to them. Maybe even on the feet a little bit, his striking is rapidly getting better and his yeah. grappling is clearly very high level. So I think he could give a lot of these top guys some problems. Yeah. I also think if Andre Muniz can get himself to get himself together, I think he can be a problem in that division too because his grappling is really good as well. Yeah, 100%. So, lots of interesting stuff in middleweight, guys. But, ooh, David Onama sent this dude to another dimension. Gabriel Santos. Man, Onama's good, man. I th- I think he's really put himself together um, as of late. That uppercut was gnarly. That was a beautiful knockout. And I will say, too, uh, Gabriel Santos actually looked really good in that fight. He did. And he was kind of putting it on Onama for a bit. But that counter, man, was just a thing of beauty by Onama. Yeah. So, you know, you know, look, Onama's a guy to keep your eye on, guys. Um, oh, this was grody, bro. Oof. 30 seconds in, uh, Austin Lane poked uh, Justin Taffa's eyes. I don't think I've seen that. That's what those are. That was one of the worst eye pokes I've ever seen. That was horrible. Oh, it was a gruesome eye poke. I mean, he was bleeding out of his eye. It was just nasty. You saw the replay, and his whole finger, all the way to the back knuckle, was inside of his eye. Like he was basically touching his brain. It was disgusting. One of the worst eye pokes you'll ever see, for sure. And the thing, the crazy thing is, uh, during the what card was that? The Izzy Pereira two, um, or four, um, they that week they got new gloves to like make the fingers curl a little more. And I, I honestly haven't seen as many eye pokes since they did that. I, it was a very preventable thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they should definitely. Uh, they got to figure out a way to get new gloves. Man. Like these gloves are just. It's people are way too susceptible to eye pokes. Yeah, I mean, this was the first, I feel like this is the first eye poke I've seen in a minute because they did introduce those new gloves. Yeah. I remember Burn, to go with Burns, like, put it on his Instagram or something. But, yeah, I mean, oh, that was brutal. I don't even there, want to talk there, about it anymore. There's just been too many fights like that. Like the Bilal against Leon fight. Like, there's just yeah. been too many really bad eye pokes that I mean, have stopped but, bad or good fights. Bilal has been really determined to fight Leon Edwards again. We'll see, man. We'll see what happens. Let's be honest. Bilal was getting it, getting beat up in that fight pretty badly. <laughs> yeah, I think Leon was going to take it to him. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't fully count out Bilal in a fight against Leon at this point. Um, I think his striking's getting a little better. His wrestling's mm-hmm. always going to be there. He's a tough guy. You know, I think I wouldn't say I wouldn't go as far as that he'd win that fight. But I think he has a shot. He has, you know, yeah, he has a shot. It's like it's like a year versus Volk situation. Like, don't count him out, but don't bet on him. Like, I wouldn't favor him, but or anything. But yeah, don't count him I, out. Though. I think I think Yair's Volk's toughest matchup, to be honest. That yeah, probably at this point, especially yeah. with the kicks. But we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Um, fight of the uh, performance of the this was a banger. I I watched. I didn't get to watch this fight because I was working, but I got to watch the main event, guys. Don't worry. But this was a banger, and uh, Macy Barber. She put it on in the second round, man, and got to work. Yeah, this was this was a brawl, man. I mean, just from the beginning, it was a brawl. There was one shot. I think it was maybe a left hook that Macy Barber landed that just destroyed Hebos's nose. I mean, it popped it. It was bleeding everywhere. 
messed her up badly. I think her breathing was really affected by that. And Macy Barber also landed that left high kick over and over. It was beautiful the way she kept landing it. And shout out to Hebos because she took like multiple shins to the side of the head. But there was one that just caught her right on the side. And Barbara could tell that she was rocked, even though he was throwing back and trying to play it off a little bit. She was hurt. And Barbara just rushed in for the finish. And that's something I really appreciate because a lot of times in um, women's fights, especially in the lower divisions, they'll hurt someone, they'll hurt their opponent and they don't really rush in for that finish. And I think, you know, Macy Barbara really showed like killer instinct in this one. She saw that her eyes were a little bit off that she was rocked and she went in and she got that finish. I was really impressed by Macy Barbara. Yeah, let's take a look at the rankings uh, for women's uh, flyweight. Macy Barber, number she'll she move up to she'll move to the top ten. Oh wait, uh, Catelyn Chikagian changed her name. Oh huh. yeah, Sermonara. There you go. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, yeah, I did not know about that. So, Fyodor's fighting uh, Nami Yunus. Uh, Shevchenko is going to rematch Grosso on September 16th. Blanchfield and Tyler Santos are fighting. Andrade is fighting. Uh, shoot. Why not Sermon Arm? That, uh, that's weird to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why not Sermon Arm, man? I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah Kaylin. We'll just say Kaylin. Yeah. Ka- no, I Kaylin, think yeah. That, that's a good matchup. And that's really, that's the litmus test in the flyweight division. If you look at uh, Caitlin, if you look at her record, she has fought everybody that was the like new prospect, the hot new thing at flyweight, and she was the litmus test for them. So, yeah, I think that that's the matchup that makes the most sense because someone like Lauren, I mean, she's still a pretty good fighter. Someone like Lauren Murphy, she is not at this point in her career, should not no. be the number seven flyweight in the world. That like, fight should have been stopped against Andrade, bro. Yeah, like, that, that was a beat down. Yeah, yeah, she's been getting beat up. I mean, her most recent win that I can remember is over Misha Tate, which is like, that's not really saying a whole lot either, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, her only losses outside of Shevchenko have been to Andrade and Fior. Yeah, that Andrade one was nasty, too. That body shot where she just screamed in pain and turned around. Yeah, like, she just went, ah! Yeah. Although, she should have gotten a title shot after knocking off Adarujo Calvillo. Uh, Maya and Hebus in four. So uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that. She probably should have gotten the title shot. But yes, but so no, I, I think... mean flyweight is looking pretty good though. Um, the division is rounding out nicely. There's uh some newer younger fighters that are coming up. You got like Casey O'Neill, Andrea Lee, you know Manon Fiore. I mean, it's pretty good. It's looking good. Mm-hmm. So she's still Chikagian on Wikipedia. Um, oh. She has it. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Oh, she, she got married. Yeah, she took her spouse's know. name. Okay. Good for her. Huh. Um, happy marriage. I don't I don't know if she was married before, but hey, good for her, man. Yeah. Um Woo! My our guy got it done. And yes, I think I predicted second round submission or something. You predicted something. You predicted the finish too. Yeah. I found this to be far more impressive. This was insane he this was he he Ilya Taporia put on a cl- absolute clinic against Josh Emmett master class in MMA boxing def- defense especially I was thoroughly impressed with defense rolling with everything stepping out of range and you know he was throwing counter combos rather than just a counter shot 
this was this was beautiful. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I thought this was just an unbelievable performance. I mean, there's not enough good things that I could say about Ilya Teporia after a performance like that. Like you mentioned, this is arguably more impressive than any finish that he could have gotten because we saw that he had the cardio over five rounds to just put a beating on a guy. And he took a couple of good shots too. I mean, there were a couple of times that Emmett landed some big shots and he took them well. Um, but other than that, he rolled with everything. Um, he was in and out beautifully landing counters and then uh, evading quickly moving off the center line. You know, he was uh, diverse with his strikes. I'm like, there's just not enough good things I could say. It was one of the best performances I've seen in a long time, really. I mean, it was it's, unbelievable. For me, it was probably the best since Holloway versus Cater. Yeah. yeah. Like like an in-octagon performance like that. Just, look, uh, he, I, we can discuss this now. I think this is, but I cannot stand when commentators or fans say, Josh Emmett's so tough. He got, he has so much. I'm like, he just got beat down. Yeah. And that and and if his corner had any responsibility, they would have stopped that after the fourth round. They a hundred percent should I was just thinking that they should have stopped that fight. Absolutely. He had no shot of coming back. I know that he has like one punch knockout power and he's always dangerous, but he wasn't ever even close to hurting Taporia or damaging him really at all. I mean, you look at Taporia's face after this fight, it looked like he wasn't even in a fight. So I think it, the responsible thing would have been to have stopped it. Yeah, and when Taporia got him down at the, at the end of that fourth round, if that if that had gone 10, 15 more seconds, the fight would have been over anyway. But I was watching that like the last minute and a half of that, and when Taporia like when Emmett was like framing to get up, and Taporia just went <clears throat> like put him back down on the ground. That like he let's talk let's talk about Josh Emmett real quick, dude. I I honestly think he's just hanging up, man. He's not getting back to the title. I thought he was going to, frankly. I thought he was, like, taking his gloves off to retire in there because when you take a beating like that, it makes you contemplate a lot of decisions in your life. And I was almost expecting him to hang it up right there. Um, and he's had a good run in the UFC, very exciting guy, has some of the best finishes you'll ever see. But, yeah, I don't really see a path back to the title for him. He's very one-dimensional. In this fight, you saw it a lot. He would just – he did the same thing that he did against Yair where – his idea of closing the distance is three straight right hands uh, running at the guy. That's just not an effective way to close distance, especially on a guy that moves as well as Teporia and has the defensive uh, capabilities that Teporia has. So he just has to evolve. And at 38, 39 years old, I just don't see it happening. Here's the thing you mentioned about Teporia's defense before that fight. I didn't think he had that in him. Like, yeah. With, like when it comes to fight to fight improvement, you don't see improvement like that usually, but we'll get back to support in a sec for Josh. If he does want to fight again, which I really hope he doesn't. I think Giga Chikaze is a good one. Um, Mosar is a good one. I wouldn't be mad at Arnold Allen versus Josh. I mean, I think that's, that has fireworks all over it. Um, yeah. But Dude, yeah, I don't. It? What has Giga been up to? I feel like I haven't heard from that guy in a while. Since Cater uh, taught him a few things. Oh, my gosh. That was that, a that is one of my favorite fights of all time, especially when Cater was basically just like had his fists together and it was just throwing elbows like this, just walking forward. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Incredible to watch. Cater I, was a, I didn't think Cater was going to be the same after that Holloway fight, but, man, he looked good. 
he, he just took what Holloway did to him and transferred it to the next guy. So maybe we'll see Giga come back and just absolutely slaughter the next guy that he plays. <laughs> <laughs> he's just passing that on. I, I love Giga Chikadze, man. I hope he comes back soon. He's a fun, he's a fun one to watch, but yeah. What are we going to do with this Ilya dude, man? I, I'm, I am, you know, people are saying, you know, oh, we should fight on out. Oh, we should wait for Holloway. No, give this man a title shot. There's no fresh challenger for Alexander Volkanovsky right now. If he beats, if he beats Yair, he has no fresh challenger. Let's say he beats Yair handily. Why don't they put Volk down in Australia and have Taporia fight him there? Taporia has what? That'd be like three, four months. Yeah. I, I that that has to be the optimal option here for the UFC. And the thing is, I don't, I don't see Taporia having too much of a challenge against Arnold Allen on the ground. What's what's Ortega going to do to him on the feet? Yair, yeah, he has kicks, but if Ilya gets a hold of him, Holloway grappled, uh, grappled him. So it's like, I don't. I think Volk is the only for me personally, outside of Holloway in Spain, like Taporia said, Volk is the only option personally. No, I 100% agree. I think Taporia deserves that title shot. And even if you look at his opponents, maybe they're not all top five, top 10 guys, although Josh Emmett is a top five guy. But you look at he's fought jujitsu, guys like Ryan Hall. He fought Bryce Mitchell, two guys with phenomenal jujitsu took them both out. He's fought Jai Herbert, a lanky, tall striker who presents a lot of danger to him. And he got hurt in that fight and still finished him in spectacular fashion. He's now fought a stocky wrestler. You know, he's fought basically most of the styles that you can encounter in the featherweight division. So what else is there for him to prove? Yeah. You know, I think he deserves the shot. And especially like, you know, Bryce Mitchell, top tier grappler in the division. Jai Herbert, I mean, I think he has the longest reach in the lightweight division. Knocked him out. And, and yep. Tapori is an average featherweight, I think, when it comes to his size. Yep. Um, Emmett, a power puncher. Like, just someone who can – the one-hitter quitter power and the wrestling, like you mentioned. Ryan Hall, I mean, no one's better at jiu-jitsu than Ryan Hall. Let's – like, if you, if anyone rolls on the ground, I mean, Hall can win rounds on the bottom. That's how good he is with jiu-jitsu. Yusuf law young prospect. I mean, he, he put Damon Jackson – into another dimension oh, and even a guy like damon jackson you look at his fight with pat sabatini he put the work on sabatini damon jackson's a good fighter man i mean he's french top 15 yeah like i i think i think tapori has proven what he needs to prove to get that title shot i think he's ready i think he's one of the most well-rounded fighters in the whole ufc not even just the featherweight division in the entire ufc in the entire sport of mma frankly yeah and obviously volkanovsky is as well I think it's just a perfect matchup at the right time. And like you said, if Volk does beat Yair, what's next? You're going to do Holloway again? You're going to do, you know, Ortega again if, you know, out of nowhere? Or like, who else is up there? Yeah, and Mahachev's going to um, fight Charles again, probably. Yeah. So, like, what what, what do you want to see? That That's – and – Someone said, let's have the num- arguably the number one power frown fire in the world fight the most exciting young undefeated prospect. Do it, man. We got to do, do it. it. Don't, <laughs> like, don't wait too long until Volk loses or he's too old or this. That. Do it right now when the iron's hot and strike, man. I want to I see that fight more than maybe any fight right now in the UFC, yeah. to be honest. And well, I, besides I do- Poirier and Gaethje. But- <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. But if we're being honest, I, I do I think Yair's gonna present challenges in the first round for uh Volkanovsky. 
But I think when it gets to the second round, Volk manages to find his range. I think he's just going to take him down and just get to work. So I, 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 I hope I'm, I hope we're right about that. Um, yeah. And we see Taporia versus Volk because that's the, it's not the fight we want. It's the fight we all need to see. And then, Dude, he is I, I can't put into words how good this dude is. I mean, 171 significant strikes, three of three on takedown attempts, and and Emmett can grapple, guys. He he recently turned he recently garnered that one hitter quitter power. 152 significant strikes. And Taporia took 89 total strikes, only I think 43 to the head, but they all rolled off. Yeah, and like, let's let's be honest with that. 89, he did not take 89 strikes. I mean, come on. Like it doesn't feel like it. Like maybe oh. if, if that's what the analytics says, okay. But a lot of those strikes, yes, he rolled with them. They grazed off him. He was not hit clean. Maybe three, four times he was hit clean in that fight. And how many leg kicks did Ilya Taporia just blast into Josh Emmett? Like, dude, yeah. that was that looked painful. Especially there was one, I think you and I talked about it, where he, he was leaning forward right as Taporia was throwing it. And oh, I, I, I went, oh, like I was I was in the press box watching it before the a baseball game. Yeah. And I just, I just I just like bit my teeth. I'm like, ow, like that had to have hurt so badly. Dude, it was a crushing blow. And you know what uh, shocked me about Josh? Emmett? I guess maybe not shocked, um, but he he didn't go for the leg kicks himself. Like a lot of times Josh Emmett is at a serious height disadvantage. But this time him and Taporia, I think, are the same height. They're both like five foot seven. And so Emmett, he could have. Definitely, and he should have targeted the legs because if there's maybe one weakness that Taporia has is that he does have a very boxing-heavy stance, and he stands very heavy on that lead leg, and he pressures forward a lot. And so Emmett could have done well to target that leg, but he just didn't do it. I mean, he landed like one leg kick and then just did not throw it again. The, the crazy thing is, according to the analytics, Josh Emmett landed 18 leg kicks. There's only no one less than Taporia. There's just no way that he landed that many leg it, kicks, man. I just think Taporia checked them all. <laughs> yeah. That, that, see, they, they never make that distinction, though. You look at some of these fights, and guys want to check leg kicks repeatedly, and then you check the stats after, and it's like, oh, this guy, he landed 30 leg kicks. I'm like, well, he checked, like, 18 of them. So I was like, I don't know. I think Taporia yeah. checked a lot, and or they just grazed off him. Yeah, and, yeah, Taporia, if that fourth round didn't end, Taporia was getting him out of there. Yeah, he, that that was a that was a filthy round. But yeah. dude, the skies. I, you and I were talking about this um, after the fight, and it's like I I think we are bearing witness to someone who is going to be truly, truly great. And it's it's absolutely incredible to see. I think. Yeah, you usually don't see this type of talent. Uh, just so well-rounded in every area of the game. I mean, you'll see guys come in. You see a guy like Izzy, who is just an incredible striker. Or you see a guy like Habib, who is an incredible grappler. And yeah, they have the other tools there. But someone like Deporia, who's just the grappling, the striking, the defense, the it's just everything about this guy is just so good. Definitely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um Something that stuck out to me so much in this fight was um, Emmett, when he was uh, coming into the pocket, he would plant his feet really hard and he would wing big shots. And Taporia would just take a little back step and then he would blast him with counters. 
And Taporia, that's what he was doing so well, was that he was moving in and out of the pocket, whereas Emmett was just very stationary. And that's why he got so many light kicks uh, blasted into him. And that's why he got hit with so many counters was because he mm -hmm. was not moving in and out of the pocket well. Whereas Taporia was always, like Dom pointed this out, was taking that little two-hop step. Yeah, and, and uh, Emmett's corner was telling him to counter the leg kicks with an overhand. But Tapori was just so wise that he'd back out of the way and just throw like a hook around yeah. the overhand. Yeah. It, that's the thing with Josh Emmett is he is so projected. Everything everything is a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's just I yeah, there's I hate I love I, Josh Emmett's a great dude. I'd love to I honestly love to hang out with the guy, but I don't it, there's nothing that tells me he can get back to a belt. So no, I mean, frankly, I thought his corner advice was pretty terrible. His corner kept telling him, like, yeah, keep throwing that overhand. Like, you'll land it eventually. Yeah. Just like, you know, like, your right is so powerful. It's like, dude, you got to give him better advice than that. Talk about throwing the leg kicks. Talk about what about the left high kick or left body kick where, like, um, another maybe slight weakness, that, and I wouldn't even say it's a weakness, it's just really a part of Taporia's movement, is that he'll dip off to the side a lot. And you saw it with Jai Herbert. Herbert landed that big left head kick that dropped him. Emmett almost landed a good high kick and then never threw it again. He threw that no. lead high kick and then just never threw it again. So his corner should have been spotting those things. And, and you got like Danny Castillo in his corner, good people that are good fighters in his corner. Yeah. And they just were not giving him proper advice on how to win that fight. Yeah. What, what's what's uh, Emmett's camp again? Um, Is he a team alpha male guy or no? Yeah, he is team alpha male. That's right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you make a good point. It's like you have great guys in your corner. And they're not telling him to wrestle. Now, granted, I don't think he would have been able to hang with Tapori on the ground either, but it's oh. at least something that you should throw in there to get him thinking a little faint bit about it. the level change. Just faint it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it, interesting stuff. But we have some drama in the PFL. Like, okay, so I don't know if you guys know what happened, but this is, this is filthy moves from the PFL. So... Jo Shane Burgos was not going to make the playoffs. He wasn't, based on the result of another fight. But PFL said, nope, that fight was boring. We're going to put Shane Burgos in instead instead of the winner. Yeah. Well, and a, a little more context on that. The yeah. two guys that fought each other were longtime teammates. I think one of them was actually the godfather of the other guy's children. So they're extremely close. And they, for months, were like, we do not want to fight each other. We're too close. It's just, we don't want to do it. And they still agreed to it. But the PFL is basically saying that they signed a contract to fight and give it their all. And they only fought at like 10% of their abilities or something. I, I do think that's a really pretty dirty move by the PFL to do that. Because regardless of how boring or exciting the fight was, you know, the guy won. Um, was, it, was it Nat it was Natan Schulte versus yeah. uh, Raush Manif? Manfio. Manf yeah, yeah. Like, dude. <laughs> and I mean, do I don't expect? know if you, uh, I don't know if you caught the Burgos fight either, but it's not like Burgos went in there and put on a war either. It was a, a wrestling heavy grappling decision. Like he just came in there, took the guy down multiple times, and held top position. Like there was, it was not an exciting fight at all. <laughs> yeah, he thirty twenty six him. Um, but yeah, that 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 was gross. Like. Yeah, I get you. I, I get Shane Burgos is kind of like your new cash cow, and every other person in your uh, promotion has been suspended due to the drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Like um, Rob Wilkinson, Tiago Santos, Santos. Um, 
you brought in Santos to bring in people to bring in eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it. But at the same time, you, you have, you have to just let it happen. And I, here's what I think. I think this was a shill because they, they knew these two guys weren't going to fight. And they're like, huh, wait, we put this clause in the contract that says you must perform your, the best of your abilities. And we can just pull the card out that they say they didn't do it because they're best friends. And they won't fight each other. Yeah. Come on, this is this was clear. Like, oh yeah, terrible, terrible PFL. Shame on you, honestly. Like that's horrible. Yeah, horrible. I'm, I'm not a fan of that at all. But you know, I will say it was kind of a fun card, though. I watched that one. I don't know if you got a uh, chance to catch any of the other fights, but it was actually a pretty solid card. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's great. Dude, like, do you see a uh, Sadabusi? He got this crazy spinning back kick knockout. Oh, Shane that was grody, bro. That was incredible, man. That was filthy. And then uh, Olivier Aubin Mercier landed a bomb of a knee, just caught um, Anthony Romero coming in, timed it perfectly, and just landed a huge knee. Um, oh, there's this other one. This dude, Naib Lopez, he lost the fight to uh, Magomed Umalatov. But, man, I've never seen anybody take the amount of punishment that Naib Lopez took. Like, he was getting destroyed and had nothing to offer in return and somehow survived it so shout out to him for taking all that damage but even though he looked awful i will say he did not he is not a very skilled fighter and he's he was 16 and 0 coming into this which is shocking i'm not sure who he was fighting um you know when he beat all those guys but he did not look very good <laughs> uh, i'm looking at the pfl playoffs right now i had no idea that impa kasang and i is in the light heavyweight bracket Dude, yeah. He was in, he was fighting welterweight at the end of his UFC career. The guy on the receiving end of probably the best knockout in UFC history. That's how I'll always remember Impe Kasanga, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure, sure he's a good guy. But. Oh, I'm sure he's great, but light heavyweight? Yeah. That's, that's, that, shows, that's, that shows the lack of depth in BFL. That's pretty wild. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's insane. But Did um, you, uh, you caught some of the one championship fights too, right? I saw the highlights. Um, what Anatoly Malikin uh, beat uh, Bular. That was just a Dude, beat down, bro. He beat the crap out of Bular. I mean, you know, I don't think Bular was uh, the most talented guy coming into that. Oh, no. Like, he beat Brandon Vera to win the heavyweight title. And, look, Brandon Vera, is he's pretty washed, man. Like, he was a light heavyweight in the UFC, and he was losing a lot near the end of his UFC career. And that was a long time ago. And so for him to be the heavyweight champion in one, it just kind of shows you the state of the heavyweight division over there. But I think Anatoly Malkin, like he's actually a pretty talented guy. He's a, his cardio is good for how big he is. And he throws, he's very dangerous. He is he a very hard, powerful man. guy. Yeah. Um, back to he's, PFL real quick. Clay Collar and Shane Burgos to open up the lightweight playoffs. Bro, that is, that has yeah. heater written all over. I can't wait. And then you have Olivier Aubin Messier going up against Bruno Miranda. Good fights. Yeah, Ooh, Clay, Clay Collard, man, he beat the crap out of Stevie Ray on that card, too. He finished him. And I think Stevie Ray retired after that. Like, Collard just really took it to him. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, lots of great stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. Oh, I also uh, I want to ask you, what do you think about this uh, whole Musk versus Zuckerberg? Talk. You know, you know. Here, here's my thing with Dana. I, I think 
I mean, he said it's all going to go to charity. So it's not really like a, like a, I guess uh, a gimmick fight. Like I'd be, I, I'm all for it. If, it. if it's going to charity, why not? Yeah, I think it's nice. I would still consider it a gimmick fight just because these are not two professionally trained high level fighters. It's just two extremely wealthy guys who kind of want to fight each other. I still think it's a gimmick, but if it's going to charity, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I just yeah, think I don't have the just, UFC just promoting be upfront, it. You know? I, don't, I don't have a problem with the UFC promoting it if it's a charity thing. Like, do it. That'd, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Do you see Sean Strickland beat up the dude from the street on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. I did that, see that. He threw the, the dude from the street threw a pretty good leg kick, but and the fact it's his fight week and he's doing this, like, yeah, that's pretty wild, man. <laughs> dude, John Strickland's nuts. Yeah, he is not a normal. I think you'd agree he is not a normal human being. Dude, do you remember that guy, um, Charlie Zelenoff, who would just talk constant uh crap about people, and then he would go in there and just get beat up by like actual professional fighters. If anyone ever uh, wants a good laugh, just go to YouTube and look up Charlie Zelenoff fights, and it's just him just getting beat up over and over. He's a terrible fighter, but it's pretty funny. Kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Oh, um, okay, so I'm I'm on MMA fighting. All right, is MMA fighting the best MMA news website? I think uh, it is. I personally am a big bloody elbow guy. I love bloody elbow. Bloody elbow guy, huh? Not yeah. MMA mania though. Okay. No, no, no. Although no MMA are, mania for you. They are under under the same umbrella, I think. But bloody elbow is actually now independent. I believe. Yeah, that's right. Uh, SB Nation owns MMA fighting and uh, MMA mania. MMA Junkie School, shout out John Morgan, man. He came on the podcast. That was actually really cool of him. Hey, nice, yeah. He he responded to the DM like seven months later. All right. Because he was hey, he was in quarantine. He was in quarantine in the hotel in Abu Dhabi and he was scrolling through his DMs. He's like, Yeah, man, sure. Here's my email. Let's set up a time. And he spent like 25 minutes with me and Daniel Woods. It was dude, that's, awesome. That's sweet. Yeah. John Morgan's He's a cool awesome. dude. Really nice guy. Yeah. Um I, I recommend you watch it. He's a cool story. But um, so I'm on MMA main MMA fighting, and uh, so this is about Natan Schulte and uh, Raush Man- Manfio. Um, the man is uh, Schulte wrote on Twitter that um, I'm very unsatisfied with the decision. Of course, yes, you should be. That was taken by PFL last night to favor Shane Burgos and entry into the playoffs. You remember Francis Ngannou's fight against Derek Lewis? He didn't throw. Six punches the whole fight, and he wasn't cut for his performance that night. So I ask you, Francis Ngannou, since you protect the rights of fighters, do you think this decision is correct? That's, I love it, dude. I like it too. That's scathing, man. But that is that it needed to be said. Someone has to say it, and I think he's absolutely correct. That was not the right move by PFL, and they, yeah. I think, they have to go back and do something to change yeah. that because, and, I mean, I don't know. You can't just promise a guy gets into the playoffs with a victory like that and then just take it away from him even though he won he won the fight yeah he won the fight and um his manager said to make a subjective decision like this from a promoter that stakes its claim in fighter advocacy is just a bad look in my opinion judges make bad calls all the time with less repercussion raush and natan are best friends and have been exclusive training partners for years together natan is the godfather of raush's daughter to say that they know each other's styles, tricks, and techniques inside and out is a gross understatement. Situations like bad style matches and lackluster fights happen in the sport all the time. But the unique thing about 
the PFL in the tournament point format is that it would sort itself out on its own end. Our client got half his pay and zero points to move forward in the tournament. This is distasteful and unnecessary. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that summarized it perfectly. I 100% Perfect. agree with that. Yeah. We can't we can't say much more than that. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's horrible. And now now they won't get to compete for a million bucks. Yeah. It's shame on UPFL. It is really messed up. Shame. Shame, shame. Uh oh. Stevie Ray has retired. Yeah. Probably a good idea. <laughs> you can say that again. Jeez. He should have retired a long time ago, probably. Was it Stevie Ray, though, who got that weird submission over Anthony Pettis in PFL, where it was like a – I don't even know what it was. It was like just a a body triangle from the bottom, I think, and he submitted to it. It was very odd, but um, – It was a – he beat him by Twister. Oh. Hey, nice. <laughs> and then he lost uh, his last three fights against uh, Natan Schulte, Olivier Aubin-Messier, and uh, Clay Collard. Yeah, that's tough, man. So, and then, yeah, shout out Stevie Ray, man. We saw a career. Yeah, saw good career. career. Fun guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, when you brought up, or we were talking about Bloody Elbow, I was scrolling through here. I see that Luke Rockhold says he would kill Alex Pereira. He said, give me 10 seconds on the ground and I would kill him. Uh, yeah, uh, Luke. <laughs> yeah. He, here's my thing if he did manage to get to the ground in the first 10 seconds, it's over, bro. Like, like he he is submitting Alex Pereira. I, I think I don't think that's an unfair statement to make. However, you are notorious for eating left hooks, bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's a horrible matchup for him. I don't. Luke Rockhold just got to hang him up, you know. At this point, what is? Why is he still fighting anybody? You know. Especially yeah, after the Mike Perry uh, BKFC fight, like, come on. Dude. Okay, but come on, Mike Perry turn, goes into God mode. Yeah, in BKFC. Yeah, that's his natural habitat for sure. <laughs> did you Did you see him on Rogan? Just kept bringing up Africa the other day. He was like, they're talking about the Rumble in the Jungle, and he was like, that was in Africa, right? Rogan's like, yeah, that was in Africa. That was not in Africa. <laughs> that was way. in Manila. The or, no, sorry, the thrill, the thrill of Manila. Sorry, the thrill of Manila. Yeah, that was not in Africa. It's but, not in Africa. And then he. Uh, Rogan brought up Rockhold and he goes, yeah, man, I, I thought about talking about it, but I don't really talk to losers. Yeah. Oh man. Come on. Don't do Rockhold like that. That is so, <laughs> that is hilarious though. Yeah. Mike Perry's a really funny guy. He's done a lot of very questionable things. However. Yeah. I can't condone any of his behavior. Literally none I, of it. I will condone, but yeah, I was about to say, we can't condone really anything that he's done, but yeah, funny guy. <laughs> Dude, it's it's so it's so fun. Like you you said, uh, Trevor Peak and uh, Mike Perry should go out and be KFC. I think Peak will get murdered, but I'm all for it. I know, yeah. I think Peak will get beat up really bad, but it's just two guys who do not care about their own health. They're just gonna throw with reckless abandon and put on a fight for the fans. I would love it. Yeah. Oh, I'd love it too. That'd be so much fun. Oh my gosh. Um, is there anything coming up in Bellator? Nah, it just seems like Bellator takes like two months off now and then just puts on a random fight card. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, it appears that Cejudo versus Cheeto Vera is official. Ooh, really? I thought, um, wasn't there some talk about Cejudo maybe getting injured or something? Yeah, but, it, but Cheeto posted good. about it on Instagram and it's all... Yeah, I'm excited about that. That'll be fun. 
Oh my gosh, that is incredible. I love that fight. And if they put it on 292, oh my gosh, that card is so that spectacular. Is stacked. Dude, people are talking about 291, rightfully so. That card is stacked too. But if you if that fight gets put on 292, that might be an even better card in my estimation. But yeah, potentially for sure. That's what I was thinking. It's like, I don't know. This summer's great, man. I'm. Yeah, there's a lot of great fights coming up. Yeah. Oh, PFL six fighter pay Canada. Oh. Uh, Lamar three thousand dollars. That's <laughs> who, it. Who is this? Lamar Brown to as lost yeah, to bro. Abdullah Al uh, Katani. Oh my, three thousand. Oh jeez. And the dude he he rough. lost to got forty k. What three thousand dollars? Dude, thirty k to show that is horrible. That's not worth it. Are you serious? That's not worth it at all. That should be illegal to be paid that little. Like, especially in a promotion like this. That's like the other lowest one was nineteen thousand dollars. When I'm reading, that's yeah. Jeez. Natan Schulte got a hundred k, plus uh, including his win bonus. Okay. Yeah. At least he got his bonus. Yeah, that's a little bit of something, but still, like you said, he's missing out on that yeah. chance at a million. So Stevie Stevie Ray only got paid fifty k. Dang man. I just lost Clay Collard. Only got sixty two k. That's rough. What? These guys aren't getting paid very well. Clay Collard's like like the poster guy. Like as a PFL, I mean, Clay Collard had like three four fights in the UFC, but like you know, he's kind of the guy in a sense. He's the PFL guy, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's a he's he's a, he's, a, he's a cool dude. Um. Naib Lopez, 16,000 to Umalov in his loss. Like, jeez. Man, they're paying Zawada. these guys. Didn't Zawada fight in the UFC? Yeah, he actually was uh, decent, too. He was pretty good. Yeah, 20,000. There's no way the UFC was paying this dude less than that. No. I mean, I think a lot of people get so fixated on that million-dollar prize, but you got to keep in mind that it's a million dollars to that one fighter, right? And you got to, what are, what are the rest of the fighters getting paid? And if uh-huh. this is any indication, it's not very much. Yeah. And Burgos got paid a hundred K no win bonus. Yeah. I, I thought he was no. getting, I thought when he went on like Helwani, he thought he was getting paid like so much more than yeah. that. Like, I, yeah. Hey, you do you, man. I'm not going to judge, but yeah. PF, here's my thing with the pay. I don't know if you agree with me on this. I think, it is a decision that adults make to get paid. Oh, 12 and 12 is too uh, shallow. I'm like, okay, but they signed the contract. Don't complain on their behalf. I don't like they, they looked at the contract and went, Oh, this is enough. And they signed it. That's my opinion. Yeah. I, I do think a lot of times, um, you know, these guys, they don't have too many other career options. Um, like they've put their heart and soul into fighting. And this is kind of, um, if not fighting, then they don't really have much else. And I think that a lot of these contracts, man, um, you know, like, how do I say this? Um, the, it's pretty much the UFC or bus for a lot of guys, right? Because the UFC is clearly the best organization out there. And if you're in the UFC and you get offered this contract and they say like, look, uh, we'll give you 12 and 12, but if you win a couple of fights, you know, you'll get a much better contract you kind of have to sign it. I think a lot of these guys are just not in a good position to negotiate. They don't have the resources to get good managers to negotiate really on their behalf. And if you've ever read like a standard contract, whether it be for a terms of service agreement or especially for like a business contract, they are extremely long 
wordy, very hard to understand. So I think some of these contracts are pretty, a little, you know, it's a bit exploitative, but yeah, I mean, I, I get your point hundred percent. Yeah. So it is, I mean, it is what it is, man. Also you chose, I remember Justin Poirier said, I don't know anything else but fighting. I, I think he dropped out of high school or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like you said, a lot of these dudes don't know anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I do. I think generally my take would be. But shoot, think, if you're that good at something, <laughs> go, yeah. go do it. <laughs> I, I think that PFL, Bellator, UFC, I think all of the fighters in these promotions deserve better pay. Because if you just look at how much the top brass is getting paid in the UFC, you look at what Dana White makes. If he's able to afford to give the Nelk boys 250K and buy the entire top floor of hotels when he goes and uh, stays there and have a basketball court and bowling alley in his house, I think he can afford to give a little more money to oh, his fighters. I, I agree. You know, I, I agree that they should get paid more, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you looked at the contract and you went, yeah. Oh, I'm going to sign this. That, that's just my opinion. But, you know, also, thank you uh, for signing that contract because. We wouldn't be able to talk about this. So yeah. <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we love fighting over here at Throne Hands. Um yeah, it's been it's been pretty quiet since the it's not common. I mean, it's it's pretty common that um news is a little slow, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. What do you think about um them running back span and smith? What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, oh I forgot about that. What a weird matchup. It's the least out. anticipated match rematch of all time. I yeah, couldn't I care less, man. I, I don't think anybody, literally anyone, I don't know anybody that asked for that fight. Not I, don't, a single I, I don't think anyone did. I I I, I, tr- I truly don't. I, I truly don't think someone tweeted, yo, we need Span versus Smith 3 because Smith su- subbed him in like a minute and a half. It's just not an intriguing matchup whatsoever, especially after uh, Anthony Smith's last performance. And I got to see that live, him against Johnny Walker. He looked awful, especially Johnny live. Walker was beating him up. Dude, Anthony Smith looked like an old man in there. He was so slow. He was throwing leg kicks at like 10% power. He was literally just touching him. And it was a very bad performance. I was, oh, I was worried for him, actually. Yeah. And then I think you, you definitely saw the what you call it, um, the the video of uh, Smith going, "You attacked my family." Yeah. And then John Walker's, huh? And then Smith says yeah. again, "You attacked my family." John Walker's, what? Yeah. <laughs> he, he was genuinely flabbergasted. Dude, I love what, Johnny and, Walker, man. Such yeah. a fun guy. I did not expect the the um the move to straight blast Jim. Uh, yeah. to work out for Johnny Walker, to be honest. But he, he's doing it, man. He's I killing know. it. I know. One, like, more win, he pro- and one more win, he probably has a title shot. It's crazy, man. It's insane. And, you know, he built his career off of being this explosive, insane striker, throwing flying knees, spinning back fists. And then, like you said, he goes to SBG, uh, which is where Conor McGregor trained out of. And you think, like, well, you know, what's going to happen? And then he becomes, like, this refined grappler type, you know, uh, not pressuring as much, being much more calculated. It's like, yeah, it's so is, odd. And the thing know? is, Kavanaugh's a good coach, but I wouldn't consider him great by any means. Like, no, like, no. If Connor went somewhere like ATT or Sanford, like, dude, <laughs> that just shows how good Connor McGregor was. Yeah, I think a hundred percent agree. I think um, SPG obviously a decent camp. It's pretty good, but I think Connor was just that talented of a fighter. Yeah. Know? For sure. Um, 
you know, I'm going to take a look at light heavyweight. Let's see what Johnny Walker can do. Um, he can make some moves. Johnny Walker's ranked uh, fifth. Ooh. I think Magomed Ankalaev has to be the next fight for him. Yeah, it's either that or uh, Rockage, I guess, but probably Ankalaev would make more sense. Yuri needs to get his title shot when he gets back. There's no exceptions. No, My boy Yuri gets a title shot. Anybody anybody who says otherwise is not a fan of MMA because Yuri is obviously – makes the most sense and is the most exciting matchup. So He's the most exciting – he might be the most exciting fighter in all of MMA right now, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Or Ilya. I can't wait for him to get back. Boy, Ilya. But, oh, please, Yuri. Please. I want, here's what I want to happen. This is my dream scenario. I want Robert Whitaker to dispatch of Duplessis really quickly. And then I want him to go fight Izzy in Australia, which I think that'll happen. I hope so. But Duplessis has proved us wrong, unfortunately, many times. Yeah. I want Yuri to fight Jamal Hill. At the end of the year in December, although I don't think Jamal Hill really wants to wait that long, but you know, I don't. I, that's understandable. And I want Yuri to beat Jamal Hill. And I want Izzy to come up and fight Yuri Prohaska. That's a crazy matchup, man. I don't know if uh, Izzy would want to take that fight. That's a really dangerous matchup for him, especially with the grappling. I think. And oh, yeah. Yuri does have offense. I'm like, offensive grappling. I'm like, did you see? He he reversed all. Of, he got. He was mounted by Glover Teixeira. Yeah. He somehow, some way got out of it. I, I'm still mind-blown with how he got out of that. I think his grappling is pretty underrated, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, you don't you don't sub Glover Teixeira. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it was the fifth round, 30 seconds left. I don't care. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> he's, uh, he's definitely got good grappling. That's I think that I think Teixeira versus Prohaska is the best light heavyweight fight ever. Yeah, it's certainly up there. I mean, it's on par with uh, Jones versus Gustafson, if think, not even better. I think there were just more emotional swings in that. Oh, uh, it was just back and forth. For Hoska versus Teixeira fight. It's crazy amazing. stuff. Crazy I, I, stuff. You know, I will say, I am most intrigued out of all these matchups. I'm actually most intrigued by Jamal Hill and Yuri Prohoshka because I think That'd Jamal Hill, even being the champion, I think people are still underestimating how good Jamal Hill is just because – yeah, he beat Glover, and Glover w- didn't look the same in that fight. But you look at this guy's record, man. He is a straight killer. And Jamal Hill, I think I think he's very, very good. I yeah. Think- Not that sure. – honestly, though, I still would favor Yuri in that fight. But I, I do too. I do love Jamal Hill. <laughs> oh, I love Jamal Hill, too. Uh, uh, Light heavyweight's getting fun again. Um but anyway, I, we've been on another, another hour marathon, man. Jeez. Another hour. Hey, you know, we're giving people uh, the content. They deserve. We're pumping it out, yeah. Yeah, we are. But you got you have anything else to add, Toby? No, I think that was about it. We covered all the bases. Yeah, we covered all the bases. Um, When we get back, this is this this next fight card, it's it, – I, I think you could, you'd agree with me on this. It's, it's for the hardcores. Yeah. It's yep. for the hardcores. If you're a hardcore guy, like – me and Toby over here. This is this is this is awesome. Uh, go to the end of the last episode. We went over like the whole summer, but we will find out where Kevin Lee fits into this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will. F- Fun fact: If you don't know, it, Keith Lee and Kevin Lee are brothers. So yes, the guy who has like ten million TikTok uh, followers, Keith Lee. We already know where Keith Lee fits in on TikTok, but we yeah. got to figure out where Kevin Lee fits in in the UFC, and. Fakradinov, like, dude, that's 
That's such a bad matchup. The That's UFC like... hates this guy. They hate Kevin Lee. It sucks. But the only reason Kevin Lee's back in the UFC is because he switched to Ali Abdelaziz. Yeah. Yeah. Only reason. Yeah. But anyway. That'll do it for this episode of Throw Hands. Um, when we get back, we'll preview Fight Night, Strickland versus Magomedov. Um, so we'll see you guys next time. Peace out.